Welcome to the Steel Study Podcast, episode number 32. With your host, that's me, Jeremy Ritz, here on the Steel Study. Tremendously grateful that you're joining me here today, Sunday, in preparation for today's big Steelers game against the Tennessee Titans in Pittsburgh and what could be Ben Roethlisberger's second to final game of his career in the beautiful city of Pittsburgh. Again, thank you for joining me. Super grateful and appreciative that you're here with me today and want to thank you for sharing my work with your family and friends and being a supporter of the Still Study. I would love to connect with you. You can hit me up one of three ways. You can comment directly on the website, on the article pages. Right at the bottom of the articles, it says comment. Drop me a line there. You can also hit me up via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com or give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy and drop me a line there. I would love to hear from you. Every Saturday, I do the Steelers Saturday mailbag on the study session where I get your question questions, comments, feedback on the show. It's a lot of fun for me. And basically you design that show and I would love to include your questions, comments, and feedback on next week's edition. So drop me a line. I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention the podcast that I do over on the Still City Insider with Jim Wexel. And our podcast is called the Still City Insider Podcast. We record once a week every Tuesday at 5 o'clock in the morning, and we post between 6 and 6.30 a.m. Jim is one of the goats of Steelers coverage, having followed and covered the team since 1995. He's super insightful, super knowledgeable about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you want to make sure that you check that out. It is linked in the show notes. But again, a big day for the Steelers. And a couple things I want to talk about if you're listen, listening to this prior to the start of the game. You know, this is a homecoming of sorts for one Bud Dupree, whom the Steelers drafted out of Kentucky several years ago. And if you remember, Dupree had the nickname Bud the Dud for this longest of time because dominant play eluded him for a long time. It took him about four years before he contributed something that earned him the respect of Steelers Nation. It wasn't until T.J. Watt came on board and those two were paired together that Dupree began to actually live up to his talent and his draft position. Last season with the Steelers, he tore his ACL. It debilitated the defense. The defense was never quite the same following his injury. And then after that, there was clamoring from Steelers Nation to try and resign Dupree, though his price tag was well out of range for the team, and they let him walk, and he has since signed with the Titans. And this season... The Titans were very excited about what Dupree could offer to the team at outside linebacker, but Dupree has had a relatively quiet season. That might be an understatement. 
a very, very quiet season. He's only registered one sack. He's been hurt. He's been on injured reserve. And he's actually back to practicing, and there's a chance he's going to be made active for today's game. But he hasn't really panned out how the Titans believe that he would, and who knows, maybe him coming off IR, having some rest, he'll be reinvigorated and recharged, and maybe he'll go on a tear here these final four games of the season. Hopefully that doesn't happen against the Steelers. But the reason I bring that up is the Steelers chose to go with Alex Highsmith this year as their starter. He was a third-round pick out of Charlotte last season. He stepped in whenever Dupree went down. And so far this year in his second season, he has racked up three and a half sacks and 54 tackles. If you look at Dupree's statistics from his second year, he had four and a half sacks and 27 tackles. So just from a sheer numbers perspective, in terms of total tackles, Highsmith is outplaying Dupree in his second year. He's one sack off of Dupree's sack total in year two. But I wanted to get into the question and the discussion and debate as to whether or not that was the right move. You know, looking at the choice to let Dupree go and not sign him to a big contract, the choice to go with Highsmith. You know, I wanted the Steelers to try and retain Dupree, but I knew his price tag would be out of range. And I felt hopeful and optimistic about what Highsmith could bring to the table. And so far, it's been an okay performance from Highsmith. He has missed a few games. He's missed some time because of injuries. And he's played well at times. He had a phenomenal training camp, and there was thinking and widespread optimism that he would have a big season opposite T.J. Watt. And that has yet to happen. However, he has been productive at times against the run. He has provided some pressure, but he is still a growing and developing player. He's still learning, and I think his best years are ahead of him. So it's still too early to draw any type of hard conclusions about who Alex Highsmith is as a player. And and considering Dupree's injury this year, and even if you look back at his time with the Steelers, he was often hurt. And as he gets up there in age, and if you look at the decision of the Steelers to ride with Highsmith and to let Dupree go, I would say the Steelers made the correct assessment and the correct choice and that Highsmith was the way to go in terms of the outside linebacker of their future. Again, a lot of gratitude and appreciation to what Dupree offered the Steelers when he was here. He made a lot of great plays. He had a high motor. But you have to wonder if Dupree's 
increase in production during the later parts of his career with the Steelers was a result of the elite play of T.J. Watt. Now again, one sack this year, you can attribute that to the time he's missed because of injury. But you could make the argument that T.J. Watt was responsible for making Bud Dupree into the player that he was. So as Dupree makes his homecoming today, possibly, if he is activated, I hope that he continues to be absent from the stat sheet. Just save your production until after this game, bud. Nothing against you, but we are pulling for a Steelers win. And there's no ill will from Steelers Nation towards Dupree whatsoever. It's just amazing how he went from Bud the Dud to a player that the team celebrated and wanted to be re-signed. So that's an interesting storyline this weekend heading into the game. One of the other interesting storylines is how the Steelers seemingly dodged a bullet in this contest due to the fact that Derrick Henry is injured. Unless you've been living in a cave, which I hope that you're not, you are more than aware of the type of runner that Derrick Henry is. He is a force of nature. He creates big explosive runs when it appears there's nothing available. He's physical. And he can consistently break off 50, 60, 70, 80 yard runs. I'm never one to celebrate the fact that a player is hurt. And I'm not celebrating in this instance, but I'm pointing out the fortuitousness that he is not available to the Titans in this game being that he is on IR I believe because of a shoulder injury because could you imagine with the way that this Steelers run defense has played recently what Henry potentially would do to this defense if they gave up 200 rushing yards to the Detroit Lions, 200-plus yards to Dalvin Cook, and yes, Cook is a talented runner. Just imagine what potentially could have come out of this game against the Titans if Derrick Henry was playing. So in terms of unintended, unexpected Christmas gifts, for the Steelers, this is definitely one. Because how can you have the confidence? How could you have the confidence that the Steelers would be able to shut down such a player when they have played the way they have in previous weeks? Now, despite not having Henry, the Titans are still going to try and run the football Every team, these final four games, are going to try to run the football against the Steelers until the Steelers can show that they can stop it. 
And I know the popular thinking amongst fans and amongst the media right now is that there is no fixing this defense, that it's just going to continue to be horrible, horrific, awful, deplorable, whatever adjective you want to use, please enter it here. But that's what coaches get paid to do, to figure out ways to improve the performance of the team. That's what players get paid to do, to elevate and improve their performance. Now, Isaiah Bugs is out this weekend. Again. Montrevious Adams, who's played well in those tackles, out again. Or excuse me, not again, but he's out. He's on the COVID list. So they are going to be short on that defensive line. But a player who is coming back that hasn't played since the first week of the season against Buffalo, Carlos Davis, has to be somebody that the Steelers prioritize in terms of snaps, and more than likely he's going to be the guy that gets the start at nose tackle. Now, what can Davis offer? Through his snaps, we have yet to see, but he had a decent camp. And you got to have some hope and optimism that maybe, just maybe, and maybe this is wishful thinking, that he can provide a spark in terms of the run defense this weekend. So we will have to wait and see how that transpires. But he will be getting the start at nose tackle. He'll be paired with Cameron Haywood, Hayward, excuse me, and Chris Wormley. And the Steelers, regardless of Derrick Henry not being in there, they have to be prepared to shut down the run. So paying close attention to the rushing defense tomorrow, absolutely. I'll be doing that. And then Ryan Tannehill. I haven't talked much about him on the study session so far this week, but Tannehill hasn't had a great season. 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And dude has been sacked 37 times. He's missing some key offensive linemen. But something to pay attention to and an area where the Steelers may be able to exploit this Tennessee team is through the pass rush. It could be a day for TJ and the previously mentioned Alex Highsmith to eat. And how sweet would it be to notch seven or eight sacks and force him into some turnovers? Especially because he's going to be without A.J. Brown. Now that would be a beautiful thing. You know, Najee Harris talked about on Friday. Somebody asked him just about the wear and tear on his body with the number of carries that he's had so far this season. And how, where he is at this point in this NFL season, it's the same. Or I actually think it's more He's had more carries this year than he had at Alabama at this point last year. And what Najee says is that he trains his body to be able to handle the workload. So he doesn't put himself into the category in terms of his body breaking down because of all the touches. And he says he trains 
trained specifically for that reason, to be able to handle the type of workload that he has and that he wants to have that type of workload. He wants that many carries. He wants to touch the ball. And you know what? If there's one player that I'm going to believe, it's Harris. He has shown through his temperament and his attitude and his mindset that he's a gamer and that he's going to prepare himself to be ready for whatever he encounters in the game. And if he says that he can handle the carries and he can handle such a drastic workload, I believe him. And his season has been good so far. I think he's been the focal point of the offense. I don't think the team wins six games if it's not for Harris. But I still think we're waiting for that signature game from him. I still think he's only begun to scratch the surface of what he's going to be able to provide to the Steelers' offense. And who knows, maybe these next four contests are going to be a coming out party for Harris. I've been calling for it. I've been trying to project it and predict it. We've seen good games from Harris so far this season, but we haven't seen that game yet. The likelihood of it happening against Tennessee is not great because they're formidable on defense, especially against the run. Rushing yards will be hard to come by. But just because statistically on paper a team has a solid rushing defense doesn't mean they can't be exposed or they can't be had. That's where it comes down to individual matchups and man-on-man and the Steelers' offensive line winning their individual contests against the defensive lineman. Now, we haven't seen much of that this season. That offensive line has underperformed. But who knows? Again, concept that I throw around on here quite frequently, the beauty of the NFL any given Sunday. Maybe the light bulb goes on for some of these guys. And that O-line has to play better, no doubt, in the running game. And also in pass protection, we saw how they were just exposed and exploited against the Vikings. Ben just got the snot beat out of him. I'm curious to see what kind of changes, if any, are made in terms of pass protection or just the general focal point of the offense this weekend. Curious to see if that no huddle is used earlier in the game and if that can engender some positive yardage or some early scores that we haven't seen much of this season. You would have to think based on Ben's play in the fourth quarter these past few weeks and the yardage and the 
the touchdowns that he's helped produce that they're going to try some of that. In fact, I'd be quite surprised if that wasn't a staple in the offense later today. And we'll have to see what type of impact that that has. Joe Hayden's going to be back. That's massive. He's missed, and not just because of his play on the field, but what he brings to the team in terms of intangibles. And I'm really excited to see Hayden out there. Sutton opposite him, but then Akella Witherspoon. He's been solid these last two weeks. What can he do out there with Hayden? Does that maybe make this secondary a little bit more formidable and a little stronger? That's something I'm looking forward to, going to be paying close attention to in this game. And then just forecasting, you know, after the Titans contest, just a little look ahead. The holidays are coming up. We have Christmas on Saturday. And then what a Christmas present for the the Steelers. They are going to travel to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs and line up against the best quarterback in the NFL, the best offense in the NFL. And you want to talk about a test? There you go. And let's be honest and truthful. The Steelers would need to play a perfect game in order to even have a chance to beat the Chiefs. A perfect game. If they play the Chiefs like they've played all season, they are going to get smoked. And again, I'm not getting ahead of myself, but just to prep and get you thinking that I know that's following Christmas. They, the Steelers got their Christmas gift with Derrick Henry being out, but there will be no Christmas gift the day after in that Kansas City game. They always have a chance, but it will take a Herculean effort to win that game. The reason why the Tennessee game is so massive because it's going to be almost an impossibility to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead based on how they've been playing recently and especially coming off 10 days of rest. And the Steelers are traveling after a massive holiday. They're probably missing Christmas at home with their families. That's just going to be too tough to overcome. So don't... Let me say this. Don't go into that game with any expectations so you're not heartbroken. Then after that, it's the Browns Monday night, Ben's potentially final home game ever at Heinz Field, and then they'll close out against the Ravens in Baltimore. And it actually looks like Lamar Jackson is going to be out this weekend against the Packers, which is helpful to the Steelers' cause because if that's a Baltimore loss, that will put the Steelers in good shape for the North. Since he's got a tough game this weekend against Denver, In Denver, the Browns game got shifted to Monday night against the Raiders. 
How wonderful would it be if the Steelers get the W and all three of their AFC North foes drop a game? That would be a Christmas present in itself. We'll all be scoreboard watching tomorrow and also on Monday to see how the AFC North fares. And then my closing thoughts here. Again, four-game stretch. When you look at it all in totality, the reality is, just based on how the Steelers team has played, they're probably not going to make the postseason. They're probably going to win two of these final four. They'll finish 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. That's probably the realistic outcome based on everything that's transpired up to this point. And it's going to take some elevation from players who have not performed to expectations. It's going to take some of the leaders on this team, their star players, to grab that playoff gear. It's going to take Ben Roethlisberger to play out of his mind. That's what it's going to take for them to win that third game and for them to get into the postseason. But there's hope. That's all you can ask for. And we'll have to see how it all plays out. And come 4 p.m. later today, We'll know what the outcome of this Pittsburgh-Tennessee game is. That'll give us a pretty clear indication of where this team is headed in terms of the 2021 postseason. And still studying. That is it. That's the end, episode number 32 of the Still Study Podcast. My gratitude to you for joining me here today before, hopefully, a Steelers victory against the Tennessee Titans. My gratitude to you. Please continue to share my work with your family and friends. That does mean the world to me. I would love to hear from you. Please drop me a line. One of three ways, comment directly on the site in the comment section on the article pages. There's a comment area on the Still Study podcast article. You can drop me a line via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com and also give me a follow on Twitter and leave me a line there at Still Study. And then also please be sure to check out the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. Our podcast is called The Still City Insider Podcast. Jim is a goat of Steelers beat writers having covered the team since 1995. You want to be sure to check that out. That is linked in the show notes. And here we go, studyings. Steelers got to take care of business, get it done, get the W, and get this train rolling towards making the postseason. And what one wonderful Christmas gift that would be for all of us in Steelers Nation. I hope you have a great Sunday, great game day. Enjoy your family and friends. Enjoy your life. Take some time to reflect on the beauty of just being alive. 
and I will see you next weekend on another episode of the Steel Study Podcast. Have a great day.